Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 20 the big two zero of the rink wow. moose <laughs> hockey podcast a weekly episodic, episodic podcast, podcast. Could... what is wrong with you <laughs> what now <laughs> go on go on go on a weekly episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things nhl and their implications in fantasy hockey i am one of your hosts Nick Costu, alongside this rude son of a gun, our consultant, <laughs> oh. our consultant out of Vancouver, British Columbia, our oh. world junior consultant, wow. Kyle Nice. Wow, Nick. Episode 20. That has got so to be a banner episode. So what's so funny? What's, what's, what are you doing there in, in Vancouver? <laughs> Well, Vancouver, it's nice here, Nick. Uh, there's not a lot of cold weather, but we do get a lot of rain. And uh, I'm just here <laughs> watching some 18-year-olds just play some hockey on the ice. And it's uh, it's it's really entertaining. And then, you know, we're having beers afterwards. And, you know, all the guys know my name now. So, yeah, it's it's going well with the inside scoop. Rink Moose in, infiltrates the World Juniors Canada camp. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm getting some really juicy gossip, especially on... Uh, your boy Gabe Velarde, who's quite the quite the party animal. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Wow. Regardless of being that. injured, he was yeah. seen fleeing down one of the hotel hallways with a <laughs> mini stick in his hand, wearing nothing but boxer briefs. <laughs> well, I, I guess that all comes from his days of uh, doing the bar crawl here in Kingston, right? Exactly. He's a party animal. Oh, he talks about Kingston all the time. Oh, I bet. To be honest, I think he's setting a really bad example for some of the younger players. Wow. This this doesn't sound like Team Canada to me. Who's a, who's a, you know, who's got the reins there? It sounds like there's there's a lack of discipline. Well, I couldn't tell you. There just seems to be a bunch of monkeys just jumping all over the place. Um, wow. Probably the most mature kid there is Alexi Lafreniere. He uh, he wears the maturity of a 30-year-old out there, and yet uh, it looks like he won't make the team, Nick. So I don't know what this uh, coaching staff is doing, but uh, I have very, very low hopes for this team. But, yeah, they're a gr- great group of guys, good good to hang out with. Hmm. Well, sounds like uh, they got a lot of work to do if they want to win that championship. So uh, I guess uh, stay tuned. All I can say is I know Team Sweden is in their rooms, 9 p.m., reading books, 
and yeah. studying tapes. Exactly. <laughs> so if you want to beat Sweden, you better start reading the tapes and studying the books because they're not messing around. Right. They're treating it like an exam. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, don't even get me started on the Finns. Oh, oh yeah. my. I don't even want to say. It's probably not. I'm not even allowed to say what they do on this show. Unethical, eh? No, no, it's terrible. They have no respect for the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wow. move right along here, Nick. Mm-hmm. I can't share everything, here? you know. What's, yeah, no, maybe next time. Maybe, maybe every week of the World Juniors, we'll get another scoop from you. Yes. So I wanted to start here, Nick, on a quick word on how your idol has fallen into the depths of disgrace once more in the public eye. So this all started earlier on in the week, Nick, when he had a famously creepy interview with Johnny Taves right after a hockey game. Are you familiar with the interview? I am familiar with the interview. They still love you, Jonathan. (laughs) Oh, my God. That... That gave me shivers, Nick. Like, that was so freaking weird. And you could see Taves, he's just eating it up. Like, oh, yeah, another one of these from this this weirdo. And the whole crowd, I bet that whole crowd. How much would you pay to be in that crowd when that interview went down? The crowd went silent. It was like <laughs> jubilation when he said, Jonathan Taves. <laughs> the first off, the way he said it was like he was like his best buddy and he had just seen him after like five years of not seeing him. And then and then the, everyone's clapping. Everyone's happy because Jonathan Taves is on the mic. And mm. then the second he, he drops the they still love you, Jonathan line. It's just silent. It's just dead quiet. Awkward as fuck. <laughs> and then Taves just classy. Well, well, that's good. <laughs> As Pierre Maguire's hand reaches across the opposite side of his hips. Oh, right. my God. You know, and here's the funny thing. Uh, he, 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 so after the interview, he shakes his hand. Then Jonathan Taves goes. He signs a puck, throws it in the crowd. And then on his way out, he shakes his hand a second time. And then he slaps him in the ass. As no. In, the arena. in that, yep. same, that same interview. In the same segment. Yeah. In the Are same you serious? Segment. Yeah. Yeah, he, he he gives him like the, he does the handshake move, yeah. and then like the second Taves walks by him, he just swiftly swipes him in the. Air. <laughs> <laughs> now this isn't the first time we've seen this out of Pierre, is it? No, there's a long long precedent for this one. Oh my God! Well, I'm just happy we have more top ten Pierre Maguire moments material to add to yeah, the collection. This- this might have made the list. This might be a... Oh, it's uh, got to make the yeah. list. Oh, it's yeah. No, it's got to be there. So for those, obviously, I don't I don't want to hold this moment from anyone. If you just go on YouTube and type in Maguire and Taves interview, it's probably one of the first things that'll pop up. You can find it there. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's as good as we're describing it. Fantastic <laughs> stuff yet again from Pierre. Another more, uh, another more sullen take from Pierre earlier this week is something you pointed out to me, Nick, was his take on Jack Hughes. Now, what exactly did he say about Jack Hughes, and who did he compare him to? Yeah, well, uh, they on uh, on Montreal radio, they were getting into who this guy is, 
and Jack, uh, how teams should be approaching tanking. Is it worth tanking? Is he McDavid? Is he Matthews? Like, what, what's the merit in tanking here? And 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 he he straight up said, "Hey, listen, this kid is far from being a generational talent. He he is not a generational talent." And when he started getting into whom would be a a good comparable as as to compare him to. Uh, the name that he dropped, or sorry, the the host, the co-host dropped the name, and Pierre agreed with him. The name that they talked about was Nico Heischer, saying that he's on par with a Nico Heischer, Yikes. which has, has just gotten Twitter in uproar. Yes, uh, with with regards to just how off, how ridiculous that that comment. See, for me, I I wasn't too surprised. I mean. I don't know too much about Jack Hughes. I haven't, I'm not the amateur scout here. I haven't watched him. I've read the reports, but I mean, for me, I was more so just, you know, surprised. I, I wasn't insulted or anything. But then when I, when I brought this info to Kyle, he was insulted and it was in disbelief. So how about you, how about you set the record straight here as to, as to who this player is and just how wrong uh, our, our friend Pierre was? Let me get it straight for everybody here. Jack Hughes is no Nico Heischer. That is ridiculous. They're not even in the same stratosphere. This is an entirely different draft from 2017. I mean, Nico Heischer is a great player, and I'm sure he's going to be having a very long and fruitful career as a very solid one, maybe two center on a great team. But uh, Jack Hughes commands the play. Jack Hughes is like gravity on the ice when he has the puck he just orbits the world in the offensive zone and waits for his opportunity to strike he's more dynamic in every single way he's just a bit uh, he's a bit on the smaller side but as we can see in today's nhl that's that matters less and less how what i compared him to was a a more dynamic johnny gaudreau and i'll stand by that uh and that to me puts him right up there with uh Right in the Eichel tier. I mean, we talked about this uh, just personally am amongst ourselves. There's, uh, there's a couple tiers below McDavid, and maybe one below McDavid is where you find guys like Matthews and McKinnon. And yeah, maybe Eichel's jumping in there too, and I think maybe Hughes can, can flirt with that, uh, that category as well. So, I mean, you guys, uh, you guys are going to see it because a lot of people are pegging this World Juniors as a Jack Hughes coming out party, and I, I truly believe that will be the case. So... Yeah, it's just a matter of time before uh, Pierre's comments become just another laughing point for his his fan base here, in, including us. And, and you know he's just going to deny it. Like oh, yeah. Seven, seven years from now when this guy is, you know, maybe winning the Hart Trophy or he's in the, he's in the with the scoring race or the Rocket Richard or whatever, um, this he is going to deny this and uh, we're going to laugh about it. Everyone's going to laugh about it seven years from now, but... Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I can't wait. I can't wait. But yeah, he somehow he always avoids admitting he's wrong about stuff. <laughs> unless yeah. it's like, unless he can come out looking pretty clean. But this one, he's not going to look clean on this because he's trying to go against <laughs> the grain for no reason. And uh, it's going to blow up in his face. So I hope someone brings it up uh, at, a, at a key moment and he just gets floundered. Maybe we'll have him on the show, on this oh, show. Oh, eventually, yeah. And 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 we'll bring it up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, you, but, put him in the but, hot seat. 
if we keep insulting him like this oh, on no, a weekly yeah, basis, true. you're right. I don't think I don't think he's gonna want to come on this show. No, you're he's right. Gonna, he's gonna squirm and he's gonna hide in his cave, <laughs> like the like the like the peanut that he is. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we, we gotta we gotta hold our tongues here and uh, and and not be too critical of 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 the peanut Maguire. His agent will call him and just say, Pierre. Do not go on that show. On the Rink Do Moose show. Do not go on Rink Moose. <laughs> they will tear you to shreds. <laughs> I mean, he's in our fucking theme song, and it's not like a a pleasant role he plays. Yeah, we're going to have to take that out. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, yeah, when we change the song, which is maybe pretty soon, then we'll mm -hmm. take it out. Because, yeah, right. we're looking at some new intro stuff and new song material so yeah we'll keep we'll keep you guys posted there but let, let's switch gears nick we've given pierre mm -hmm. enough of our time uh we saw one of the weirdest things i've ever seen on the ice was that crazy referee goal <laughs> and uh all i can describe it to you as is some guy shot uh shot the puck into the zone the, the you know just a regular dump and <laughs> the puck literally bounces off <laughs> the referee's pelvis area and goes straight into the net on, on Luongo. And we're just like, what the hell happened? And from certain angles, it looks hilarious. Like certain angles make it look funnier because, like, mm -hmm. like I said, it's right right around his pelvic region and uh, and just the angle is, is perfect. And he's in the corner too. Like mm -hmm. what a preposterous idea. He's in the corner and takes a puck right there and it goes right in the net. I My first question is like, it's not like Bortuzzo slap shots that into the zone. Like it's like a flick. It's like a wrist shot. Like it's got to <laughs> travel from center ice to the other red line. Yeah. I mean, unless you're dozed off and just asleep, like how do you not move out of the way there when the puck's going yeah. towards your junk? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I I'd be terrified. You know, like I, I know you got to move out of the way for the players all the time. The least you could do is move out of the way of the puck when it's heading towards your, your the pelvis region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was comical. Like uh, he oh, it just, was great. He, it was like he a went cartoon. to sleep on the. Play. It was like the way it like jumped off him <laughs> and into the net. It was a cartoon. Like it yeah. was it was straight out of a comic book. You, you got it. And uh, <laughs> I, I I just love the players' reactions because they're just like they're just as lost as everybody else. <laughs> yeah, like, Luongo's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah. Now the goal didn't count, Nick. My question, to you, my question to you is, should that goal count? Um. You know what? I think. I think for the sake of the game. You have to keep the officials out of it as best as possible. I think that the game is at its best when you don't notice the officials on the ice. Like for, a, and I thought about this the other day. I'm like, I was like, I've been of all the hockey games I've watched, you never actually notice the the, the officials. They're so good at like getting out mm. of your camera shot and like evading the play. They're so good at skating and, and just getting out of the way so they don't interfere with the play. Yeah. And so my take on that is like the second you start throwing officials into a scoring play, like saying, hey, it banked off the official on the way to the goal going in, then I think you, you divert from that point, which is the officials do their job but they're also staying out of the mm. game. So yeah. I, I think they made the right call. I didn't know that 
rule. I've never seen that in my years of playing hockey. I've never seen that in my years of watching hockey. But I think the league got it right. Yeah. How I like to look at it is I always considered the the refs like a moving part of the boards. So if you mm-hmm. if you run into them, it, like it's your fault, and that 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 happens. If a, if the puck goes off a ref's skate and it like bounces to a to a guy in a prime scoring spot, that'll happen too. It's their job to get out of the way and all that. But uh, I think they got it right here in the sense that uh, they have to also protect these refs. And if it becomes, you know, okay to bank a puck in off a ref, it could get very dangerous. And uh, I, I think this is just a good precedent to set here. So I, I like the I like the call. I just, I didn't know this was the rule. I thought at first when I saw it that that would count. So yeah, it's just a little learning experience, I guess. Yeah, no, that that's a very good point. As 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 a any good lawyer would say, the floodgates would be open if if you let if you let that happen. Yeah, if it where you could score off a ref, mm-hmm. um, and you could tailor your play to kind of center around that. So yeah, like I said, the, I think the league got it right. It just happened to come at a very funny expense because you have this guy <laughs> literally lying on the ice trying to gather himself. <laughs> Like anybody else would, any other guy would would yeah. do the same thing in that scenario. But this poor guy's got a though the fans are going nuts, they're playing music, and he's got he's got to get it off the ice and actually wave the goal off. So, he's got a job uh, to do. Yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough gig. So for anyone who says officials don't uh, don't have a tough job and they're just getting paid to to watch hockey and they're getting six figures a year to watch hockey. Yeah, no. Point to that. Point to that very scenario that we witnessed uh, just uh, just last week. Yeah, it's all fun and games until you take a puck to the pelvic area, exactly. right, Nick? <laughs> exactly. So you you made a you made a quick comment there before the show about how the Blues have been fascinating this week, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I should, but I haven't been following the Blues that much. So why don't uh, why don't you fill us in? Why are the Blues fascinating this week? Well, it all started a week ago. We're recording this on Monday, December seventeenth. Mm-hmm. If you go back to last Sunday, about a week ago, they had a six devastating six-one loss to the Vancouver Canucks at home. <clears throat> uh, Jake Allen pulled. Chad Johnson comes in. He's not any better. It was a terrible loss. This team, they had already been playing bad going into that, but that in itself just spoke volumes. And then the following day, you have the, at practice, two guys straight up get into a to a scrum, and they start throwing blows at each other. Did you see this, Kyle? Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Robert Bortuzzo, Bortuzzo yeah. starts, starts just fucking going nuts on this guy. The other guy does I don't even think he gets a punch in the whole fight, but they're going at it for a good five seconds. Everyone's just watching. You, it's funny. You could actually see Jake Allen behind Bortuzzo just minding his own business, just watching. Just doing nothing. Um, eh? just, just doing nothing. And... Uh, yeah, actually, one goalie in the shot. I don't know if it's Jake. He actually comes in very briefly to try to like separate the guys, but then he just turns around really, really quickly. He's like, "Okay, I'm going in to help," and then he t- just turns around and says, "No, fuck it. Those, those, I don't want to get knocked by Bortuzzo." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but anyways, yeah, it was it was a it was a good scrap. Bortuzzo got some got some punches in, and uh, just that 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 seemed to blow up social media because it's not often you <clears throat> see a fight in practice. Um. 
And then, yeah, they have a, they have a huge win against Colorado where they won in overtime. They came back to win the game. Uh, it seemed like the fight almost, you know, re, re, revigorated Bertuzzo, if anybody. He got a contract extension the other day. What so it's almost like they're, they're rewarding him for this. Like, he got yeah. a four-year extension a few days after the fight. Crazy. Ridiculous. Um, they got a. They brought in a dog, Kyle, like a therapy dog. Oh, I've seen the dog. With, to skate with them on the ice. Like, what are these guys doing? They're getting in scraps <laughs> in practice. They're playing. They're playing with dogs at practice. Oh my god! And, and then, and then to cap things all off, yesterday they lose. Uh, what was it? I think they lost seven two to Calgary. Jake oh, Allen yeah. pulled yet again. Thumped. That's twice. Twice in a week, Jake Allen's been pulled in a game. Uh, the coach called their performance embarrassing, pathetic, mm. um, and now they got to hit the, the Canadian Western Road Swing. So I just, I just thought between all those things, you're talking puppies on the ice and fights on the ice and oh heroic comebacks against the Avalanche, and then piss poor performances against teams <laughs> like the Canucks. Like it's just been a fucking whirlwind of a week for the Blues. Yeah. And and it's funny because now I'm hearing talks of uh, Pareko potentially yeah. being traded Petrangelo potentially being mm. traded Tarasenko potentially being traded oh he's been awful. um he's been awful and and they were talking about it uh Ferraro he, he was talking about him they were saying how he's kind of like a chubby guy he's he's six <clears throat> foot tall he's he's about our height 225 pounds Ooh, yeah he's actually fat. he's okay he's fat. <laughs> so that's awful. How are you 225, six feet tall? I don't know. Get out of here. And 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 so it was funny when they brought it up to Ferraro on uh, Toronto radio. He was just like, yeah, I mean, I, I've been, last time I was in St. Louis, he straight up walked by me and I thought he was the bus driver. No. <laughs> yeah, he literally said that. He's got to take care of his weight. You know yeah, what? How, how I, I thought of a goal scorer and not looking after your weight. You well, know? he's not anymore, I guess. I think maybe just let himself go. I don't know, but I did see a I did see a little video segment on him, and yeah, he didn't look right. He just looked a little bit round. Yeah, but I think we found a new ep- a new title for the episode. Tarasenko is fat. <laughs> That'll be the the tagline for this episode. He's, he, he's on the OV Russian getting fat diet. But at least Ovi's six three, you know, like he can wield that weight. This guy sure. is just like this guy's. Imagine Jonathan Drouin, but two hundred and twenty five pounds. That's not. Yeah. That's not right. That shouldn't be like that. Yeah. Well, I, I think the the weight speaks volumes of his performance because I, I remember the two of us, and we've already told the story when we were at that uh uh hockey uh Canada the championships, the world cup of hockey and all yeah. the players were walking by us in, in the red carpet. When we saw Ovechkin, he, he I, I, I'd call him a bus driver. He was just fat. No, you know? I don't, like, he, I he don't did, know. He did not look like in the same shape as those guys. And, and sure uh, enough, I think that was the year he only scored something like 32 goals, which is still oh, yeah. amazing. But, 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 but by Ovi standards is, is not going to cut it. So yeah. I think there's a, there's a relationship there between how these guys are, are, are looking after themselves off the ice mm. and how they're playing on the ice. And I think if you look at Tarasenko and see the fact he hasn't got a point in something like seven games, which is just nuts when, when you had this guy in a Blake Wheeler conversation just a oh. few months ago saying who's better. Boy, I is mean, that that's embarrassing. Not, 
that's not even a conversation piece anymore. No. And so, I think we were both leaning the wrong way on that one. Oh, we we were Pierre wrong. We we were as wrong yeah. as Pierre's ever been. Yeah. That's embarrassing. And, uh, that is embarrassing. Uh and uh yeah, so needless to say I don't know where, what's going to happen here. I don't know where he's going to go if he is going to get traded, but he's got to start looking after himself, this 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 young Russian. Yeah, like it's just a horrible... Like, think of that. You have this great asset of Tarasenko, and it's just like now so tarnished. Like, after mm-hmm. what, what's what been going on, this like you can't trade him now, I don't think, because his value is lower than it's ever been. It's like what I try to do in fantasy hockey. It's ridiculous. Whenever my mm-hmm. guys are doing bad, I'd say, oh, I want to get rid of them right away. But you know what? I don't know. Like, they got, they can't get as much as they could for him. Like, maybe you just hope that next year is a different year and he has a better offseason. Like, maybe uh, maybe the new coach can give him a better training plan or something. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just crazy to think about that. This guy, every time he was on the ice, because I watched a lot of St. Louis games, he, he would lead his team on the ice. He's mm. straight, like he carried the line. It, 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 it could have been him and Schwartz and Shen. I know that was a big combo last year. Yeah. And he, he would just carry the line. And now he looks like the decoy. He, he's wow. like the, the Naz, he's like, on the power play. He's like the Nazim Kadri of their power play. He's just, oh, the decoy. no. Well, yeah, like he's not in the middle. Like he's still on the point. He's got his position. But the fact yeah. is, the reality, the reality is, he's not doing shit all. So to to be honest, I think a change of scenery might might do him some good. Did I hear right in hearing that that power play was like maybe the worst in the NHL? That St. Louis power play? No, 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 no. It's uh, it's actually I think it's in the top ten, Kyle. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, I no, I swear to God, like two weeks ago. We were talking about their special teams, and I said St. Louis has a top 10 PK and a top 10 power play team. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll look into that in during the show, but uh, mm-hmm. I just want to get your comments quickly on what the Carolina owner said. Right. Well, this is funny because it's funny we were talking about Tarasenko just before this. He, he had a lot of things to say this week, uh, <laughs> one, one of which was uh, he said, quote, we need a sniper, end quote. Who said that? <laughs> the owner. Oh, he, he, just, okay. he got out of bed one day and just said, we need a sniper. <laughs> oh, my God. That's embarrassing. So so, so I, I think uh, I think the fact we were talking about Tarasenko, I think that would be a fun fit. I know I've, I've mm. heard that from, from some analysts. I think that would be neat. He also said, quote, in my tenure as owner, we will never draft a defenseman. Oh, that's where that came from. I remember that, and I was like, who in God's green earth would say something like that? Like, limit yourself like that. What if you're drafting, what if you're first overall and Darlene is sitting there? Like, what a ridiculously stupid thing to say. Well, clearly someone who doesn't know anything about the sport, you know, he, he clearly doesn't have a hockey background. I don't know if you've looked the guy up, but he's like a classic Southern. He's got a Southern accent, clearly has no, 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 no business being in the hockey business. I know he likes the sport, but he clearly doesn't have a history there. He clearly doesn't know what he's saying. He, he's, he's not deferring to the people who actually know about the sport. He's kind of just going out and running the show. He's getting into the the more managerial player personnel mm. side of things where he should be taking a back seat. Yeah. And he's, he's not really doing that. 
That's the um, worst thing that can happen is when your owner gets too hands on and starts making all these spots. It's it's not good. It's when not he doesn't good. know and, anything. No, no, and and you could tell. You just listen to him. He was on Toronto radio like last week. You just listen to him for like a minute. He doesn't know what he's saying, and and just in, in, oh, in that regard, in that regard, Kyle, he he made another outlandish comment. He said we ought to expand the playoff field to twenty-four oh, teams. Right, I heard about this. Twenty-four teams. And do like a round robin type thing and like best of three I don't know. was it? I don't even know how it would work. I'm just saying the fact you're letting twenty four of thirty two teams into the playoffs, that's a little ridiculous. I mean, what's what's the motive of even trying in the regular season, right? No, it'd be it would become a joke. And I heard people say this joke. that that they they used to do something like this when there was less NHL teams and uh and it was just regular season was just it was a joke. It didn't really matter, so uh, this guy, he just sounds like a clown. Like he, him and Melnick should get a suite together and just uh, come up with ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Like this is, this guy is ridiculous. And if you want a sniper so bad, why don't you have some patience? You have a, a, a classic sniper in Andrei Svechnikov who's going to be nothing but amazing for you down the road. Like, uh, like what are you trying to do, win this year, you stupid idiot? Come on. This guy's foolish. I, I, I don't like this guy. And you know what? Go figure. Carolina's a, a bottom three NHL franchise in terms of value. Oh. They they might be on the move soon. I don't know what's going to happen with this team. Yeah. No, I them, Phoenix, um, Florida. Those are the big oh. three there. And Florida and, and needs guy. a run, man. They need a run to save that city mm-hmm. or, or save that franchise there. Like If they get mm-hmm. one deep run, I think they can get a little bit of traction. Because they have they have a good cast of characters, it's just like man, they need a they they need, they need a deep run like like Tampa. It's, well, I mean, it's a, it, it transcends beyond the play on the ice and it goes into the 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 actual running of the team, right? Yeah. They're, they're just not getting. There's no interest there. There's no fans there. J- just to bring back Ferraro, he said he said the other night you could have shot a cannonball into a spot a random spot in the in the bleachers and it probably wouldn't have hit anyone oh my god why would he like, say like, literally every night you walk into the arena it's pick your own seat night because oh <laughs> like god. three That's three awesome. uh, three fourths of the whole arena is empty and i bet half of those people that are there are, are canadians who are moved there or, tra- or traveling there probably yeah i wouldn't be surprised so, uh, yeah, those southern hockey markets aren't doing so well. Um, they uh, and yeah, this owner in Carolina, he's just the tip of the iceberg, trying to trying to do his best to get this team out of the out of that area. But uh, I don't mm. think comments like this are gonna are gonna help you very much. I want a team in Quebec mm. sooner rather than later, Nick. They need this team. They were very upset when uh, Batman said that Seattle would be the end of the expansion for the near future. They were very upset. Sad Quebecers. It was not not cool. It was not a cool statement. Well, so get Carolina out of there. I know, hey, yeah, for sure. But if if they move, they're 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 not going to Canada. I mean, if anything, we've seen Bettman and clearly cares more about the economy and and the actual dollar and the Canadian and American dollar value and how Mm -hmm. that comes into play and no taxes and taxes. And if anything, I've heard uh, Dallas, another another team in Dallas, whether it be Houston or or even Austin, Texas. That's lame. Well, too bad. 
that that's just the bet then. So lame. <laughs> Another team in Texas. Yeah, yeah. No one wants that. They don't even want that. Well, hey, when you think about it, you look at all the uh, major sports. Um, that seems to be the norm. You look look at baseball. You got two mm. two ba- uh, baseball teams in Texas. You got uh, basketball. You got two basketball teams in Texas. I mean, that's kind of the norm. Mm. Oh well. Yeah. Well, shall oh, well. shall we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Okay, I just want to quickly jump into a, a World Junior Canada camp drama, and I was just kidding, guys, earlier about Villardo and all those uh, those rumors I was spreading. Don't uh, don't tell anyone about that because it was all just a bunch of phony baloney. <laughs> so, so, so a bunch of cuts have been made so far in the camp. We're uh, we're pretty deep here. We we did the U Sports uh, series. Uh, Canada is down to they've got their D set, they got their goalie set, and they're it not a huge amount of surprises. There's a couple names that raised eyebrows, but. All in all, not a huge, um, like no hot takes there or anything. Uh, but right now we're in a situation where Jarrett Anderson Dolan, whatever the hell his name is, and Velardo are still in question regarding their health, with Velardi probably being more questionable than, uh, than Anderson Dolan. So the word on the street from Bobby Mack and how the lines are looking based on practice and who's substituting and where it seems as though Alexi Lafreniere is the guy on the outs if Velarde and JAD are good to go. Now, this is very troublesome to me, Nick, and, uh, and a lot of people on Twitter, people are up in arms about this because we just wanted to see the kid play. I mean, this big hyped talent, it would be just a darn shame if he didn't make this team because of uh, some LA Kings prospects. Am I, am I correct? Well, I hate to say it, Kyle, but at the end of the day, it's about winning the championship. And I don't care who the kid is, what his draft stock is, the so-called generational talent status. If, if there's guys who, in the opinion of the coaching staff, which you assume are, you know, among the best of the best, given they're being tasked with coaching this great Canadian, this great Canadian team, I, I don't think you can just say, hey, we're going to put this guy in the lineup just for the sake of the hype surrounding him. If, mm. if the kid is not on the team and he's not going to help you win, like those other guys who, in the opinion of the coaching staff, can help you win, then I think you got to defer to their judgment and say, hey, these guys know what they're saying, and 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 we're going to trust in the coaching staff, and let's put in the two Kings prospects. <clears throat> I mean, mm. how how is that not rational? Well, I want to give you a balanced uh, analysis on this. Because you can look at it two ways. So the coach said he wanted to be the fastest Canadian team in recent memory. Said he wanted to be a team of skill. Now this move, I think, goes away from that notion that he created himself. So by him keeping a guy like Entwistle and uh, fucking Shane Bowers ahead of Lafreniere goes against what he said there. Now on the flip side... um, I said earlier that Lafreniere would have a tough time making this team if he doesn't land a scoring role because he's not he's not very effective in a, in a bottom six grinders kind of role or shutdown role. Now this, I think, if you look back to our conversation last week about the Leafs, this is a highly applicable to team building and, um, and how you need to set roles amongst, uh, along the roster. So you don't want a guy like Lafreniere in your bottom six. 
Now that's just ridiculous. You don't want a guy like, you know, Andreas Janssen in, in your bottom, you know, on your fourth line. What what Canada's doing here is they're recognizing that, you know, the scores are going to be able to score. If that's not Lafreniere, that's fine. But, uh, you know, your fourth line needs to play a role. And I think that's uh, in, in its own way pretty admirable on how they're sticking to their to their guns and sticking to the uh, the roles that they've carved out on these uh, third and fourth lines. Because, you know, there's definitely more talented guys that could be on this roster that just aren't because... You know what? At the end of the day, if a guy like Entwistle, if you go and uh, tell him to block a bunch of shots and and you know forecheck hard and take the body every time, he's probably going to do it. That guy's probably going to do whatever the hell you want. And I don't, I've never seen him play. But uh, a guy like Lafreniere, yeah, if you don't have him in a scoring role, then you know what? You probably don't want him in your bottom six. So so I get it. But at the same time, he did make a comment saying he wanted to be fast and skilled. This might not be living up to that uh, that billing here by doing that so it's almost like one guy saying two different things he's saying i want yeah i want speed and i want skill which which makes which basically means you want like the leafs you want like three scoring lines instead of just two that's where it uh, sounded but, like but it was going like, but then you're here now he's saying okay now i want i want a third and fourth line who are more you know, s- sticking with the traditional third or fourth line role, and in, yeah. and in that case, I don't, I don't think he's as good, and I want more of a Jarrett Anderson Dolan guy. Yeah, um, what you'll notice on this team, Nick, and especially compared to the other teams, it's a really good forward group, but th- it's not a star-studded affair. Like your top brand name guy might be Cody Glass, it might be Nick Suzuki, but these guys aren't like, you know jarring talents these guys aren't top five talents you know like it's it's gonna be done by committee if he goes this way and what he's doing is he's taking away a guy that has the potential to be a game breaking talent no one on this team is gonna is gonna put up four points in a game in like a meaningful game and and take over a game i don't think anyone has that full capability of like head and shoulders above everybody else so He's, he's rolling the dice here, um, and and basically what he's saying is we're going to do this by committee, and uh, we're not going to have any major stars on this team. Yeah, sounds bold. Sounds like it could either go really, really well or really, really piss poor. <laughs> so, uh, I'm hey, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, it sounds like that's the case. Either this team's winning gold or this team's not even getting to the semifinal. No, but yeah, yeah. Like it's not so, going to be the flashiest uh, team, I'll tell you that. Not flashy, yeah. but effective, maybe. Yes, I could see doesn't, it being effective. Doesn't sound like a Kyle Nice team to me. I mean, like, like Max Comtois will be your only returning player if things keep going the way they are, and if uh, Velarde, yeah, yeah, he'll be the only returning player. Uh, and you know, he's he's not like a super talented guy. He's no, he's, no. he's more of a role kind of guy. Energy he's a role guy, yeah. And yeah. he's a role forward. Yeah. Now we've seen role guys in the NHL be stars at this tournament, but it just doesn't seem like his kind of his kind of speed, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, so it's gonna be interesting. We're gonna see some guys that maybe have to play above their 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 weight scale. So yeah, it's going to be fun, but if if it's me, I mean, keep him as your 13th forward. Maybe you don't play him all the time, but, you know, if you insert him in the right spots, give him the right chances, he could break open a game for you. So, I don't know. You might want to keep that little trump card in your back pocket, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, we'll see here. I mean, they're, they they got to make a decision quick. I, I think the deadline is is approaching as mm. as to the final roster. So uh, we'll probably have an update for everyone by next week as to what the official roster is and then what exactly is going on in, in Vancouver. Yeah, and I think actually uh, pre-tournament games uh, start on Wednesday, Nick. So Perfect. we're going to actually see this team play for, uh, for the first time on Wednesday because those U Sports broadcasts were f- terrible. It was like only <laughs> if you sign up for TSN Direct or something. So you basically couldn't watch it. But uh, yeah, I, I would say they're going to go through those games and it might come right down to the wire uh, because, again, we're waiting on Velarde's health. So, but like, come on, the guy hasn't played in six months. Is he really going to be ready just on time? And I'm, and I'm shocked by the Anderson Dolan move because I know a, a week or two when I was talking about the two of them, I, I, rule, I didn't rule out Velarde, but I straight up ruled out Anderson Dolan. And that was what the reports mm. in, in L.A. were telling me. He had a but broken hand, like, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and now it looks like he's closer than Velarde. So yeah. it's like a total, total swap of what I was expecting here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm surprised. If he makes the team, I'm ecstatic because I saw the kid play live in Ottawa just a couple months ago, and I was, I thought he was very impressive. But we'll we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, keeping a close eye on that. If you guys want to follow a Twitter account that is going to give you all the latest info on this, it's Mark Masters on uh, on, on Twitter there. So give him a follow if you want to stay fully up to date on this stuff. He's really good at that, along with Bob McKenzie, of course. Uh, but uh, with that, Nick, we'll, we'll move right along uh, on to a very exciting couple of games from last week involving the Lightning. So first, we want to talk about the Leafs and Lightning. And uh, a, lot, a lot of people peg this as the two titans of the East. And uh, for the most part, that's really what it is if you, if you really break it down. These are the two most offensively talented teams, perhaps in the NHL. And at that point, it was number one versus number two in the NHL. I don't know if it's still that. Might be, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but I didn't get to watch the whole thing, Nick. But from what I can tell was that uh, two really good teams, Toronto maybe pushed the pace for the most part, but they got beaten by a goaltender named Andre Vasilevsky, who just came back from injury and was absolutely outstanding. Do you concur on that uh, statement? I have some notes written on my phone here. I called him an octopus. Yeah, I know. All those crazy leg saves, I, I get what you're saying. Shit. I really like, get what, what you're is, saying. What is he doing? Like the acrobats, he's performing in the blue paint. When like the puck gets behind him, he somehow finds a way to just scoop the puck with his leg and like clear the puck. Like how the hell do you do that? That is some tricky shit they taught him in russia because because i'm a goalie and I've, I've never heard of that stuff but uh yeah i'll t- dud um i think the main takeaway from this game was if you're a leafs fan just looking from the periphery settled down it was it was the leafs who by far dominated this game hmm. um scoring chances shots four goal posts by the leafs i mean they 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 brought it in this game uh, they tried to impress the moms, and, they, and I think they certainly did. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, power play over six. But Yikes. Look at the chances they established. Um, I was listening to the great Scotty Bowman on the radio who analyzed this game, and he said he was, he was one of the best power plays he'd ever seen, totally impressed with Marner. 
it, it was it was fantastic. So so do not. I was not concerned after this game. If you listen to Matt uh, Babcock and his post game, he wasn't very concerned. Um, you know, let, let John Cooper smile and laugh all he wants and get the win. But I think this was a big step for the Leafs. It, mm. it, it's just a little block in the road, but I, I think after this game, the Leafs could definitely, they could leave the game saying, hey, we didn't get our asses kicked. We actually put a good effort and just we just need some breaks and we didn't get the breaks. So if you're a Leafs fan, do not be concerned. Let's see what happens in a month from now when these teams play again. Mm. Now that that note on the power play there, um, I think that's still been having a little bit of problems recently. Uh, and I'm sure this is just d- down to, you know, they've they just kind of lost a step of timing. And uh, this that doesn't really concern me at all. It's still so such a lethal power play. But, you know, some guys talking about on the radio, like, oh, what's wrong with the power play? And uh, quite honestly, not much. It might be a case of people are tri- figuring out what their tendencies are. We know Marner likes to make that uh, half slapper and then throw it into the uh, the front of the net there. But uh, you know, I think the the Leafs will that the amount of talent on that power play they'll they'll find a way to get clicking at a an impressive rate once again. I'll t- I'll tell you what though, I, I if you just look at the tail of the tape between the two teams, like this was our first chance at getting to see who's better than who on paper and on the ice. Um, I think Tampa, you clearly saw the defense is better, it's deeper. You saw that with the with the goal to make it four one by Tampa. Mm. The Leafs had their they had their fourth line on the ice. They had the third defense pair, and and they got screwed over in the in the last second of the game or the last five seconds of the game when Tampa scored that that oh, goal. Yeah. I think it was it was Tyler Johnson. It was just a brutal goal. It was a it was a brutal play, b- brutal coverage in the Leaf zone, and and they totally let the game get away right there and then. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's that play, that very play that I think separates this team. Because the Tampa, they have a competent fourth line. Hell, they have the best fourth line in hockey. I talked about no, Joseph. No, 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 no. I, I, ta- I, I talked about Joseph a month ago and how great he was. He didn't even play in this game because he was injured. You look at guys like Sorelli. Between Sorelli and Joseph and in, 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 in Kalorn, it's the best fourth line in hockey. And and then you look at you look at uh you know next to those guys in Vegas, I'd say. And then you look at the defense. I mean. That, that, that's no jokes either. I mean, you got Strawman, McDonough, Hedman, Coburn, uh, Sergachev. I mean, one of those five guys I mentioned is going to be on your third pairing. It's not like you're throwing an Oshiganov out there to, <laughs> to, to fuck you up. So clearly, uh. I think that play, that very play to make it 4-1 spoke volumes because you had the Leafs. They don't have depth. They don't have a fourth line they can toss out there to kill the end of the second period. They don't have a third defense pair they can throw out there to get them through the, the last minute of a period. And uh, it, it proved costly. Say what you want about Babcock and his decision to throw those guys out there. Hey, that's he made a mistake. But at the, at the end of the day, he doesn't have the guys. He doesn't have the personnel in that third pairing and that fourth line to, to make it happen like a guy like John Cooper has. So mm. I, I think that that spoke volumes, that very moment in the game there. Yeah, and we saw... We heard some comments from Dubis just recently, which was pretty refreshing to me as a, as a, just a, a fan of a team where he said, now I know uh, well, they were asking about like, you know, trading and, you know, improving the team. And he actually outlined that defense is probably the area where they need to improve the most. And uh, he's going to see how things go throughout the year. 
And whether he makes a move at the deadline, he'll have to see. But I think what he did kind of was maybe shut the door a little bit on trading in the very, very short term, like right now. Uh, if a move is to be made, it's probably going to be at the deadline. But he also also kind of acknowledged that, yeah, this might be a weakness of ours. And uh, I, I just find that really refreshing to hear from a GM to to admit where a team is is maybe a little bit weaker. And uh, it, it just shows that if this remains a problem, that he's gonna he's willing to address it down the road. So I I, I like what he said there. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad he's finally owned up to it because because I know the story in the past has been he he's been very uh, bullish on that defense. He's been very high on it more more so than others. He thinks it's vastly underrated. But but now I think even for him, who's clearly biased, he's even owning up to the fact that that things things need to change and um yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad i'm glad he recognizes it and and hopefully something happens here in the next couple of months mm-hmm. now the the lightning didn't just play the leafs in a in a fantastic titan style game they also played the jets nick now this game went right down to the wire went uh, all the way to overtime and uh it 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 was comeback fashion as well and uh it had all the electricity as as maybe even more than the Leafs Lightning game, like this could be a very very strong potential for a a Stanley Cup final, with Winnipeg just looking so good right now. And I want to highlight one guy in particular who you're probably very familiar with how well he's doing. It's Mark Shifley, going Shifling. through the best stretch of his career. Now it just seems like he's figured the game out. Things just look so simple for him at times out there. He's got 46 points in 33 games. He's fifth in league scoring. Uh, behind the likes of Rantanen, McKinnon, Kucherov, and McDavid. Those are the only guys ahead of Mark Shifley. And I think he's got like something stupid like 16 points in his last five games. Like, oh my God. That is just ridiculous. He's... Uh, he's uh, we made the comment this guy's got enough talent to to challenge for the league lead in scoring and he's he's finally showing that kind of that kind of potential come through he's just he's clockwork with Blake Wheeler he's always in the right spot he's got just that really quick deadly shot i mean this guy's the whole package nick the whole package 14 points in 5 games that's the stat there 14 14 yeah and uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. He, him, and Wheeler are just instantaneous chemistry. There, it's it's what you've, we've been seeing all year, and and now these last five games, this short little stretch here, he's he's gone to another level. Um, so it, it's great to see, and it's great to see people are finally appreciating it, him as a player. Uh, he was vastly underrated for for so long. I'm sure in you know a lot of American markets, they don't even know who the guy is, but uh, but now he, now he's shining. And, and hopefully he's making a name for himself. And as you said, I, I think he's climbed his way into that MVP conversation, as mm-hmm. he should be. That's why I drafted him with one of my first picks in, in our draft. And, and now I'm laughing with him on my team. So uh, good to see him there. And good to see uh, Nikolai Ehlers had a good night too. Two goals, one assist. He was flying all over the ice. Yeah. And yeah. It, it looks like Paul Maurice is 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 pretty uh you know, he he's he's kept that line together for quite some time now. Pretty plumb. And and he he seems sold on it and, and it makes sense. You want a more speedier guy like Ehlers out there with with more uh you know, not as quick, but guys with more finesse and skill like Wheeler and Shifley. So uh I, I it 
seems like the line's a fit. And uh, myself owning two of those guys, I'm just, like I said, I'm just laughing every every Jets game. So, mm. um, yeah, good, good to see. Uh, so just in the, in the interest of time, we have a quick segment here on the TSN trade bait board. We're going to make this super, super, super brief. So, uh, Nick, do you have that, that uh, list in front of you there? Just pulling it up right now. Uh, yeah, so to me, when I look at this list, uh, there's not a... To me, like the it's real good. prize here... Yeah, the real prize here is probably Colton Pareko, who is number one on the list. I mean, you look at the age, you look at the, the, the commodity that he's a right-hand defenseman, uh, He's got term on his contract, which means he's controllable. Uh, now, he will be a UFA after three years, and it's a $5.5 million hit. But seriously, though, like this guy's a really, really good defenseman. And if, if you can get a good, uh, good deal going with St. Louis because of how poorly they're doing, you might have a, a real key here. You might have a real key. Yeah, I like him from the contract standpoint. I like the fact you get three more years at 5.5. I think that's very palatable. Um, Pesci as well, five years at four mil. That's an even better deal. Um, so in terms of just term and control, I think those are the guys you got to target if, if you're like a Leafs fan. Um, but then I also, I think the best defenseman, like if you just look at the list, the, the best defenseman on the list is Jake Muzzin. I, I think he's... Right now, just this year, he would help Ooh. you more in a playoff. He, he he would help you more in a playoff push than those two guys we just talked about. Unfortunately, it's only a one-year deal he's got right now. So I, I don't know if that's a bad thing. It means you just get him for this year, and then you can renegotiate if you want to re-sign him, or he's just a rental. But but yeah. I think he's the better defenseman of the three just that's right it. now. Talking, I'm surprised. Not, not potential. No, it shouldn't be surprised, Kyle. This guy is fantastic. This guy is this guy made Team Canada. Jake Muzin, World Hockey Championships. Yeah, I'm pretty mm. sure he did. And uh, he, he's he's just known to be a stout defenseman. He, he plays hard, and uh, he is exactly what I'd want in a Leafs defenseman. He mm. would be the perfect fit just for this playoff push for this 2018-2019 season. Uh, he, he's exactly what they'd be looking for. So, to me, I look at the list and, and I like I like those three names. Um, and yeah, that's uh, th- those are the guys who stick out to me. Fair enough, Nick. Now, again, in the essence of time, we'll have to move mm-hmm. on because we got two more pretty decent uh, segments here. This one won't take too long. Just a, a, we've got to mention this guy, Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, this is a guy I've never in my life given enough credit, but I'm going to do so right now. Uh, he's got 29 goals in 32 games. 29 goals. On pace for his best career year at the age of 33. The ripe age of 33, may I add. Um, Nick, I'm going to make a hot take here, Nick. Mm -hmm. This player is the greatest goal scorer of all time. Hockey history. Now, when you can... uh, He may not pass Gretzky's goal record... But when you consider like the era and the goaltending and the equipment and how the game has changed and it's harder to score, like this guy just consistently just amazes people with his weapon of a shot. And and if he gets anywhere close to the Gretzky record, then it will be an absolute 
feat, an absolute accomplishment. This guy, like, no one can score like that in, in this day and age. It's it's absolutely crazy what he's done. And uh, and he, he's just an outstanding, outstanding, pure goal-scoring talent. Maybe the best we've ever seen. Wow. Yeah, wow well, uh, is right. The numbers, the, num- the numbers speak volumes. If you compare him to the legends, the legendary goal scorers of, of the past, Lemieux, Gretzky, I mean, the, the guy, the guy's up there. And, and when you consider the day, the present day of today's NHL, as you said, with the goalie pads and, and how, how he's had to deal with that, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta accept that this guy is, has, has been at the top consistently every year in goal scoring. And, and the way he scores, it's like the, the unique way he puts the puck in the net and just his signature spot on the power play and the signature slap shot, the signature one-timer. It's, it's, it's just a patented move that we've all come to know, hockey fans, in the last decade. So, yeah, I, I think he should be getting this recognition. And, and once again, for, a, for an Ovechkin uh, fantasy owner, a keeper owner and myself. Oh, stop bragging. I, I'm, I'm laughing here. I mean, <laughs> Shut he, the hell up. He, he is the undisputed number one fantasy player this year. 129 arguable. shots on goal, 96 hits. So, so he's, almost at a, he's, he's almost at 100 in both those respects, shots and hits. And then, yeah, he's got the 29 goals. He's got points. I mean, the guy's a stud. And in my mind, no one comes close to touching him. See standpoint. So, uh, come on. The guy, that's not a, even close. That's a load of say, crap. What you, say what you want about me. Nathan Nico McKinnon. Rantanen. Nathan but, McKinnon. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Yes. yes. I, I know Rantanen's got the 56 points, but, you know, the peripherals aren't there. It's it's just not the same. So, uh, Ovi's the guy. Goal scoring is at a premium. That uh, Like, that means more in fantasy because mm. less guys get you... More, less guys are available on the wire to get you goals. More guys can get you assists. But if you just look at goal scoring, the most premium, hard-to-get statistic... This guy's in a class of his own. So I think for that very reason, yes, potentially the greatest gold scorer of all time. And yes, most certainly the fantasy MVP to this point in the season. Wow. Now, I would say McKinnon probably challenges that by the end of the year because he's, he's, we'll see. he's just super well-rounded. But uh, Nick, I got, I got to tell you, because I was looking at Ovi's stats really quickly before uh, before we went on went on here i found something really curious and it, it just jumps out to me because if we saw this today then we'd be like scratching our heads but ovechkin's draft year so back in 0304 because he was drafted in 04 and then had to wait the lockout he was playing in moscow of what is today the khl but what back then was just called the russian league so he was playing for moscow and he only had 13 goals 23 points in 53 games which just seems like really pedestrian but again I don't know like how the league was structured or you know whether young players were playing in that league a lot and then the next year so his draft plus one year he only had like 24 points so it's just like really lackluster numbers in 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 the Russian league and I'm just like if I were looking at that I'd be going well this guy isn't gonna be very good is he and then he comes out and puts up 106 points in his rookie year. So it's like, wow, what uh, what are they doing over there in Russia to him? Like, he, they must have really screwed him up. But I just found that really funny and weird. 
Yeah, no, those numbers definitely surprised me. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, I mean, what matters is the here and now, and uh, and the guys lighting up the lamp. So, you know, f- funny to hear those stats, but yeah, I guess they're they're from long ago, and and the guy's a changed man now, and clearly we're seeing that. So, mm-hmm. kudos to him. Yeah, now we have to move on, Nick. We just some, well. It's the Philly situation, you see. And uh, we got to say, move over Bridgestone because Philly is the new official tire fire of the NHL. Like, (laughs) these guys are so ridiculous. So we we saw the whole thing with with, uh, GM Ronnie Hextall there and how oddly that was handled. Now we've got uh, Hextall is fired. And uh, from what I've heard, it was handled very poorly. Uh, No Mm -hmm. word on a replacement yet. And uh, from what I can tell is we got another situation here, Nick, where the owner is getting a little bit antsy about where the team is and wants to get his grubby little paw prints all over the, the blueprint of this team. Now, here's the worst part. Now, that aside, like, yeah, I think the coach was due to go because I think he lost the favor of the players. But uh, you've just called up Carter Hart. The poor guy, he's just 20 years old. He just recently found his groove in the AHL, and he's been playing well recently. But he's got a 903 on the year so far, Nick. Like a 903, and you want to thrust him into a really bad situation? Like, Philly's been getting beat 7-1, 5-nothing. Like, all kinds of crazy scores. What if you put in your goalie of the future first NHL game and he gets torched for five goals in one period and the guy's psyche is just shattered like that's it just seems like very poor management Nick like these guys they don't know what they're doing this guy's 20 years old you've got Michael Neuverth who's backing him up so I can only assume he's relatively healthy and, and able to play I know uh poor Stolars just went down but this is a this is a mistake Okay, well, there's a number of ways to to go here. First off, yeah, I guess I'll talk about Cart, uh, Hart first, now that you mention it. I mean, I wouldn't read too much into the AHL stats. I know the 903 doesn't look good and the, and the goals against doesn't look good. But if there's one thing we've learned, it's and we've talked about this with guys like Sparks, is, is you can't read into those numbers um, if they're good or bad. It's just such an unpredictable league. Uh, there's 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 a lack of structure. There's a lack of of roles. Um, it's just a different league. There's less attention to detail. There's a lack of structure. Don't read into those numbers very much. And and the the reason I say that is class example number A is that guy uh, Cal Peterson in L A, who I was who I was going nuts about Kyle a few weeks ago. Um, this guy awful numbers in in, in with the Ontario Reign in the NHL, but the second he's called up, Kyle, look at his save percentage right now. It's among the best in the NHL. I think it's north of 920. Uh, this no. kid's been a stud in the, yes, this kid has been a stud in the NHL when he had lackluster numbers in the AHL. Mm. I think we might be seeing a very same thing here in Carter Hart. Everyone's going to assume he's not going to play well with those numbers, but as I said, you can't read into those numbers. Once he's in the NHL and he's playing behind a team where there's more attention to detail, more coaching, more structure, I think that will help. And uh, and you'll get to see just who Carter Hart really is. 
And, uh, and we saw it with Cal Peterson so far in LA. And I think you may very well see the same with Carter Hart. So I'm not a skeptic here, albeit I am not a fan of kind of thrusting him in at this moment. Like if there was a time to call him up, you should have done it, you know, before this coach was fired, before hell was breaking loose in Philly. But n- now you just look like a fool because, uh, you know, that the, the coach is fired. It looks like he can't solve the problem. And now you're hoping this young kid who's 18 can solve the problem. Mm. So uh, it's it, it's it's sad, and uh, it's it's sad that you're putting the the life of your franchise, the future of your franchise of this season, in this young kid's hand. It's like giving us the season, like someone like us the season to salvage. <laughs> I don't know about you know? that. It is, it is, and and it's sad. Um, but hey, I mean. From a man, and that brings me to the managerial side of things. I mean, you 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 say it publicly that this coach is going to be evaluated over this road trip, this most recent Western Canadian road trip. Mm. Terrible decision because then you have the players going, "Well, shit! Now we have now we feel responsible for this guy's career mm. and his livelihood. You yeah. know, like we have to play hard or else this guy's getting canned." And and say wait well, it maybe we don't like the guy but the the guy you know it's still his job it's his job that's dependent on our play which is just awkward it's not something you wanna it's not a it's not a road you wanna go down yeah and, and that's why this new GM who came in Fletcher that 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 kind of made me shake my head um and and then yeah you you fire the guy the other today on on monday and it's just before the holiday season that that's not nice the guy's got a family to go back to that's that's not good bad timing i just i i don't i don't like any of this it's it smells stinky Mm -hmm. and and the carter hart thing's kind of just the cherry on top it's kind of just the it exacerbates the whole the whole problem so Mm -hmm. yeah it, it seems like philly's kind of the new joke uh, yeah. From a managerial standpoint, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's a tire fire. Say whatever you want, but this is just mismanagement in, in almost every way. Now, we all we can do is hope to God that uh, that Hart has a, a pretty decent showing. Uh, and I think he's got the talent to do it. And I think you do make a, a good, fair point that AHL numbers can be very misleading. I mean, I know Carey Price had some pretty poor AHL numbers as well, so... Yeah, I think uh, I, I just really hope this guy doesn't uh, get blown up in his first game, which is probably tomorrow if we're looking at the schedule and all that. So, uh, yeah, I just I don't know. Like, Nick, where where does what happens to Philly now? Do they do you think this new coaching change sparks them and, you know, a fresh young face in the net? Does that, uh, you know, coax them into playing a bit better? Um or, you know, did, did this coach, uh, Hackstall, just completely lose favor of the players and now they're just going to rejuvenate? Or, like, where do you see this team going? Are they going to kind of flounder around the bottom still? Or, because uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I think there's nowhere to go but up for them. I, I see a, a small improvement in on ice performance. And uh, depending on how Hart does, I think they could do a little bit of climbing in the standings, but nothing, nothing too serious. Yeah, I mean, uh, you look at the Metro Division. Now, I think that's the weakest division in hockey. I know we were chirping the Pacific for a few weeks, but since yeah. since then, the the Pacific's gotten better. Now the Metro looks like shit. Teams like the Islanders are all of a sudden like a fringe playoff team. Mm. I mean, to me, to me, I look at Philly's roster. I see the Islanders' roster, 
And I say, well, why can't Philly be better than the Islanders? Yeah. Or, or why can't Philly be better than New Jersey? Or why can't Philly be better than Carolina? I mean, it seems there is only up. You're absolutely right. And and I see the team on paper. I see they've done some line shuffling today at practice. They have uh, Patrick center, centering the first line with connecting Drew. No. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're kidding um, me. Not that was today? Me. Yeah. Boy, he's been bad. Bad, yeah. bad. Stinks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to have, obviously, uh, they're going to have the third line. If JVR is on your third line, that's good. That That's only depth there. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the team looks good. Maybe Sandheim will get more minutes now because I know that was a big controversy. How he was, he was one of their better defensemen, but he just wasn't getting the minutes. So maybe now they slot him into a mm. top four role. Um, so... Yeah, the way's only up, and there's certainly little things line juggling that can that can maybe work here and get this team back into a playoff contention. Uh, it's still early; we got 50 games to go, so I, I'm a believer. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and just another thing on the management side, th- there was also rumors of Joel Quenville being hired today. Yes, it, like they I think that's baloney. They 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 pub- they publicly released yeah heck stalled to get fired and Quenville to come in. Mm. And 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 I I and now I'm hearing that's baloney, and baloney. the fact that he, that was even out there, it's just sad because it's just this awkward situation where the players are like, hey, like who's coaching our team tomorrow? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Trust when you have the media saying one thing and then saying another thing, like that would shit like that would never happen with like a you know a a managerial group like like the Leafs or like the Habs, you know? No. Like it just that, yeah. shit, that shit would not would not happen. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's embarrassing for the for the team and embarrassing for the fan base, and uh, well, I can only hope I, I can only hope that things get better there in, in Philly because they really deserve it. It's uh, it's like I said, it's it's one of the best best sports cities in in, in all of North America, and, and I think they deserve uh, a, a good playoff run for once because I know they've been one and done for a lot of few years now. Yeah, it just leaves a bitter taste in my mouth, Nick. I, I know I think the fans deserve it. I think the players deserve it. But I don't like seeing all this mismanagement and and poor handling of of people, and and then seeing people having success over it. I like it, to me, it, it it's almost like I want them to bottom out this year, just because this owner, in my eyes, has just like just made a whole farce of this team. So. You know, I don't. I don't want him. I don't want to see him do well this year. And, and I was super high on Philly earlier on. I don't want to see him take Ron Hextall's group that he's built and and all of a sudden do something with it. I don't think that's uh, that's morally just for this to to go right for them because you know Ron Hextall put a plan in place. He followed it, and we we like the roster. We do it on paper. It looks great, and I don't think uh, I don't want to see them do well. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I don't feel bad about that. So I think, uh, yeah, just bottom out. Suck and maybe trade Wayne Simmons to the Leafs and see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. but That would be awesome. Oh, I would love that so much. And, like, why not do it, right? For the Leafs, I mean. But I mean, if you add him, I don't know how defenseman is. Then I think you no, have exactly. issues. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you're going on the hierarchy here of, of needs, it's defense. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Uh, if they could somehow make it happen, that would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, Nick, I have one more question for you. One more surprise question. 
Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. You told me from the top you had a surprise. So uh, what do you got here up your sleeve? What is your favorite front runner name for the new Seattle team? Oh. There's a couple different options out there. People are throwing around the Seattle Sockeyes, the Totems, the Metropolitans, which is ridiculous. Um, the, ooh, I've heard Steelheads, but I don't think they can do that. I know my pick. I know my pick. Yes, you can have Steelheads on there, sure. Oh, Seattle Emeralds, maybe. I've heard that yeah. out there. It's I don't know. Lame. Like no, I, I like something along the lines of like I, I like what they're going for in all those names. I, I like how it's gotta be tailored to like the Pacific Coast. Yes. It's gotta be ta- it's gotta be tailored to like the colors of, of yeah, like an emerald or like a blue or an aqua or a green. Uh, stuff like that. Uh I I don't know. Uh Seattle Sasquatch. That's a great name. You know who came um, up with that? Who, who came up with that? Bob McKenzie. He went off the board really? on the quiz. He went off the board <laughs> and said, give me Seattle Sasquatch. And I'm, I was like, that's it. That's got to be the name. That's ridiculously good. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. That seems ridiculous. It sounds great, but it seems ridiculous. They get chirped the fuck oh, by yeah. all the other 31 teams in the league. No. Uh, Why? Sure they would. I don't know. It just seems like sounds like a joke. It's like no. tonight we have tonight we have the Vegas Golden Knights against the Seattle Sasquatch. <laughs> well, when you awkward. say it like on, that on a, on a on a telecast, that just sounds awkward. Come on, it sounds fun. I don't know. Get, I'm a basketball junkie. Give me the Seattle Supersonics. Let's bring the Supersonics back. How about Wait that? Wait a minute. Is that even allowed? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the team's dead. Maybe there's no trademark. Maybe, maybe they have the rights as a city. I don't know. I, I know they can't just call themselves the Whalers because I know Carolina still has those rights. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I'll have to look into that, what the, what the rule is with, uh, with, with, with other teams and, and mm. other sports. All right, Nick, on that note, it's time for me to play some pond hockey, finally. We've got a nice rink here in Newmarket that's open every single day, every single night. So I'm really fired up. Enjoy. And it sounds like you should let some aggression out because I'm looking at Boston and, oh. and Montreal. And, and it's no. Canadian, your Canadians have lost 4 nothing. No. And, and, and Yaro Halak, who you bet, no. is, is about to get a shutout. So get. Uh, oh my God. kudos to you. Fuck, Nick. Thanks a lot for ruining my night. I wasn't going to look until after. That's me applauding in the background. Oh, my God. Well done, Kyle. Great, great managing there. Well, what did you want me to do? (laughs) All I can do is have faith in my team. Meanwhile, Price gets lit up for four. Lit up. And then, oh, yeah. And then, oh. That's sad. That's just sad. Casey DeSmith loses as well. This is <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. What? Oh, whatever, man. I'm done. <laughs> well, on that note, it seems Kyle is uh, is is out of commission here and and, and has, has dropped the mic. And uh, on that note, we we're gonna sign off here on our uh, on our episode twenty, a historic episode twenty. 
And uh, until next time, have a fantastic week. And uh, we will see you guys next week. <laughs>